I was thinking this morning that, um, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about rewards. And you Floridians have already got your reward. Just want to let you know that. Um, Us Canadians will get an extra reward in heaven for having suffered the weather that we do uh, on a 12-month basis. So just want to let you guys know that your reward uh, will be less than mine. Good to be with you this morning. And what we're doing, uh, the the assembly um, is... uh, pursuing a study in the book of James. And they asked me to, uh, to look at uh, James chapter 1 and verses uh, 19 through 27. So let us uh, read chapter 1, verses 19 through 27, and we'll spend uh, the, the rest of the, the morning in this uh, passage. And starting in verse 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls." But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man, uh, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridle not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And I'm sure the Lord will add a rich blessing to the the public reading of his word. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we come before you, O God. We thank you, Father, for your word. We know that thy word is truth. Father, would you speak to us this morning from it? Father, with the Holy Spirit would come and just um, bring the Word of God and use it in our lives. Uh, Father, we thank you that uh, the Bible even speaks of itself, that it is uh, useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, Father, this morning we pray as we... uh, Just expound on thy word, Father, this morning, that we'd all be blessed. And for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I always like to put a title uh, to anything I uh, speak on. And the title that I've used this morning in this particular passage is the title of Self-Deception. Self-Deception. We read about deception twice 
in this passage. And um, we're going to spend some time this morning looking at um, what the Word of God ought to do in our lives. Because really, this particular passage in James is about the Word of God and not being deceived uh, by uh, thinking we're something when we're not. Now, non-Christians are deceived. The Bible tells us that uh, the God of this age has so blinded the minds of unbelievers that they cannot see the glorious gospel of Christ. Jesus said, as he uh, looked to the future, he said this, there will be many, not some, but many, he used the word many, that on that day will have been deceived because they'll say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in thy name? And did we not do miracles in thy name? And the Lord's answer to them will be, depart from me, I never knew you. Now, isn't that the worst type of deception that could take place in a person's life? is self-deception. There's a lot of people in this world, I chat with a lot of people in a, on a daily, base, daily basis who think they're going to heaven. And can you imagine the horror and the shock that once they get in front of the judge of, of, of both the living and the dead, the Lord Jesus Christ, that they'll find out that they missed the mark. They had been deceived. They were religious, uh, even as Malcolm said a little earlier, but never right with God. Imagine that deception. Imagine being that deceived. A lot of people like that. There might be some people, even in this room this morning, uh, who are not right with God. They've been deceived. Let the Word of God speak to us this morning so that we're not deceived. Now, I want to spend the majority of the time, because of this uh, passage, talking to Christians. Because we can be deceived too. It tells us here in James that we can be deceived because we think we might be spiritual when we're not. Because the Word of God hasn't been able to uh, take root in our hearts. The writer here, James, uses uh, three metaphors in the passage that we read. He talked about the um, implanted Word. The Word of God being like a seed. And then he says the Word of God is like a mirror. And then he says the word of God is uh, like the perfect law of liberty. Three different um, characteristics, really, of the word of God and how it ought to have an effect on our lives. The first one being the seed of God. You know what, folks, and just to, uh, to remember about evangelism... 
never uh, minimize the effect of the Word of God on people. The Word of God, the Bible tells us, is like a seed. And the Bible tells us that that seed, uh, oftentimes without us even knowing, will take root. I, I've told you in the past about my mother, who as a little girl, and unbeknownst to me, until her deathbed, uh, my mother had heard the Word of God as a little girl. You know, this is why I always get such an exciting... Um, uh, it's an exciting time for me to see these little ones come up. It really is. Because I, I understand that we're... They, you know, they, they might not think of this, or they might not know it, but they, they, that Word that they uh, have memorized, remember, is, is a seed. It gets planted down my mother... Uh, one of 12 girls living in Canada as a little girl. Her, uh, my grandfather, unbeknownst to me, was institutionalized when my mother was a, a young uh, teenager. 12 girls. And uh, no money. And believe me, in, uh, in those days, in the uh, early 1930s, there was no welfare. There was no such thing. And so... My mother got her food, and my mother got her clothes from the Salvation Army. I thank God for that, because she heard the Word of God at that time, and I didn't know it. And on, my, on her deathbed, my mother came to know Christ with Rosie and I in the room. And she told us that she'd heard the Word of God, and she said, I heard all about that when I was a little girl. You see, the seed of God. But what kind of soil, Christian? What kind of soil? Uh, you see, because the seed, uh, the Bible tells us, the Lord Jesus spoke of this, it, it needs to have a certain soil to take root. And so often there's, there's four types of soil. We read about this in the Gospels. There's the, the hard soil where the seed of God just, uh, it, it, it lands, but because there's no, uh, the soil is dry, uh, Satan is able to come and snatch that, that seed away, right away. But then there's shallow soil. You know, they receive the word of God with joy, but um, there's no root. It never really takes root. And then the third type is the crowded soil. Soil with weeds and the cares of life. And how many people do you know that perhaps were here at one time? You know, because of things in their life and uh, maybe a wrong relationship or they went a certain way and they made certain choices and you know what? They're no longer with us anymore, right? Do you know any people like that? I, I, I can t give you lots of case histories of people that I know like that. The soil was crowded. But what God wants, and I, I pray this morning, that we have fruitful soil. That our, our, our hearts are open to the Word of God. And, um, you know, we ought to use the Word of God like it says here, not only as soil, but like as a mirror. And uh, the Word of God should... Um, Always speak to us. 
I don't know about you, but I think this morning, if I'm not mistaken, there isn't anybody in this room, I, I dare to say, I think I'm safe just by looking at you. I don't think there's anybody that did not look in the mirror this morning. True or false? Put your hand up. If you didn't, we'll center you out. <laughs> but we all did, right? I, I, it's not a bad thing, right? Uh, the mirror tells us a few things about ourselves, right? Like this morning, I looked up the uh, mirror. I, I, I never like what I see first thing in the morning. But, uh, you know, I, I said, Tony, uh, shave. Be a good idea. Be a good idea, Tony, to, uh, to fix that hair, too. You know, what's left of it, right? Uh, you know, a few things like that, right? That, that's the, the Word of God. It uses that, that metaphor, isn't it? A good thing? No, really? Because the Word of God ought to be like a mirror to us. We should never approach the Word of God without it talking to us. And folks, that's why it says, Do not forsake the assembling of one another as is the custom of some, but encourage one another even more so as you see the day approaching. And the reason is is because I've never come at any time. And, you know, sometimes, you're like me, there's just sometimes I don't feel like going to meeting. Right? But i got to be honest with you. There's never been a time that when I came and I got under the sound of the Word of God, that it, that it wasn't profitable. And that's what the Word of God ought to do in our lives. It ought to speak to us. It ought to change us. You know, I don't know, have you ever uh, ridden a boat? Um, we used to have a boat, Rosie and I, and we really enjoyed that, that boat. It was a 30-foot uh, uh, boat. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to, you know, put it on the Atlantic, but it was a pretty heavy, pretty big boat. One thing I learned uh, about that boat is you constantly, constantly had to steer it. And the reason is, is because of once you're on water, and especially the lake we were on in northern Ontario, there was a lot of current in that lake. And it was constantly taking you off course. You had to adjust all the time. Folks, that's what the Word of God ought to do with us, because we're constantly going off course. We live in a world that will take us off course. We constantly need the Word of God uh, to uh, speak to us, to change us. I've been a Christian since 1982. And I realize the more I am uh, following the Lord and going on for the Lord, the more I need the Word of God. The Apostle Paul in, 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 in Romans uh, chapter 12 and verse 3 reminds us we ought to have an honest opinion of ourselves. We ought to do an evaluation of the Word of God, that mirror, and look every day. Don't just read the Word for the sake of reading the Word. Let it correct. Make adjustments. Let it speak to you. Every day. Say, Lord, speak. Because it, it, we, we, we read it there. Be, uh, you ought to be quick to do something, and that is to listen, the Bible says. 
We ought to be real quick to listen to the Word of God. And then the third metaphor that's used, it's, it's the perfect law of liberty. You know, the Word of God will set you free. The Word of God will give you power. I always tell, you know, I'm in the uh, jail ministry uh, back in Canada, and I have been for uh, almost 30 years now. And um, I beat the same drum on Sundays when I go into the uh, Sudbury jail. I beat the same drum because I, 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 I've been going for so many years. A lot of people, I know them by heart because <laughs> they're, they're back again, right? Criminals, um, because, and I, I've mentioned this before, but there's, there's uh, rarely, if you were to go uh, to any jail, I'm sure, in, in North America, one thing you will find is um, they're addicts. 98% of people that are incarcerated in Canada are addicted. Yeah. And I always tell them this. If you don't walk out of here with Jesus Christ, and if you don't walk out of here with any power, believe you me, you're going to come back. Because folks, addiction is in Satan's territory. It's a different thing uh, altogether. You know, when I was a kid, I thank God there wasn't that much drugs around. You know, I, I, I was in an alcohol culture, but not so much drugs. I thank God, because I would have been into both big time, let me tell you. But today, I tell you something, folks, and this is just, uh, by the way, by the way, the drugs today, it's incredible. The power that Satan uses with these drugs today, from marijuana, which is a hundred times stronger uh, than it was in the 1970s. It's a gateway drug, and I see it every week when I'm in jail, folks. They start off with a little uh, addiction that becomes a major addiction. But without power, the perfect law of liberty. You know there's a law. The law is, right? We know the law, the commandments. But if you try and live by the law, you know, I'm just going to be a good person. There's no power in it. There's no power to say no. You need the perfect law of liberty. Because you see, Jesus, he said this. If you follow me, I will set you free. You see, it's a law of freedom. Let me give you an example of it. There's laws. There's physical laws, right? We live under it. There's the law of gravity. But do you know that there's a law that will supersede the law of gravity? That can defeat the law of gravity? I flew down here the other day from Canada to here in less than three hours. I took another law, you see. Law of gravity... I would have taken me uh, a long time to get from where I live to here. But I took another law. I took the law of aerodynamics. And uh, it supersedes, you see, the law of gravity. 
and we flew at 35,000 feet. And um, isn't that something? But folks, listen to me. The Word of God says this about itself. That it, 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 it'll give you, it'll give you, if you obey it, if you receive it, it will give you power. You know why? Because it will, it will supersede the law of sin and death. Uh, Romans chapter uh, 8 and verse 2. It supersedes it. It's like you get into a plane and now the law of gravity has nothing on you. And that's the law of Jesus Christ. It's the law of liberty. It will set you free. And let me give you an illustration of this, okay? I met Rosie in uh, the summer of uh, 1972. We had been neighbors all of our lives. Take a rock from my house and hit my wife's house. We grew up beside each other almost. We, uh, we went to the same uh, school, same high school. She didn't like me, and I didn't particularly like her. I didn't know her very well. I came home my third year of university, and I don't know what it was. It bit. <laughs> and I was finished. My dad used to say, you're done like dinner. <laughs> you're, and sure enough, you know, uh, we were married three months later. The problem was that I was starting to intern uh, in Canada. I had to go back to Toronto. We lived in northern Ontario. We, I, was live, I, I was going to school in Toronto. Rosie and I uh, were in love with each other. I went to Toronto, and I lived with a couple of single guys. Now, they were very serious students, but they were party animals, and so was I. Got to remember, I wasn't saved at that time, so don't judge me on it, Okay. But I went there, and I remember. I'll never forget because, you know, we were, we were right back into it. And I was, I, you know, it was long days and long hours and uh, right back in. But Friday night, you see, was our night for the guys, right? Single guys going out to the bars. And I remember, I, 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 like it was yesterday, a couple of my friends looked at me. Well, I lived with them. And they said, Tony, come on, let's go. Friday night, party time. Here we go. Bang, bang, bang. No. I said, I'm not going. The guy said, stick your tongue out. Let me have a look at you. You're sick. No, I said, I'm not going. I'm not interested. What are you talking about? I'm in love. You see, folks, what the Word of God does? You fall in love with a person. You fall in love with Jesus. And now you supersede that law, that, that law of sin and death. It, it, you know, think of Joseph, okay? You remember the story? Mrs. Potiphar, she's all over him. Now, Joseph wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, when you read it, 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 you have to look at it. And you go, wow, he said no. Nobody would have known. Everybody was doing it. And young people, listen to me. If you live by the law and if you think you got strength, you'll never make it. You need another law. You need the law of liberty and that's a law of love. It's, a, it's, a, it's the power to say no. Joseph said, I will not do this because I will, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, I will not do this against God. I'm in love with God. 
And that's what gave him the power to say no, you see. Folks, you might be here this morning, but you don't love Jesus. And you're trying to do and do and do when it's already been done. The light came on 30-something years ago. I was trying to do, but I found out that it had already been done. And I surrendered to Christ and I fell in love. The very name, you know that even in my poor, stupid Canadian vocabulary, I used the Lord's name in vain. Even in my professional practice, there was, I couldn't use a sentence without cursing his name. But Jesus put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. He cleaned my mouth out. Because I was in love. I fell in love with Jesus Christ, the person. You see the difference in the law there? Three things, folks. Three things are going to happen to you. If you're really spiritual, don't be deceived. We read about them here in this passage. Three things are going to happen to you. You can mark your spirituality by these three traits. One is control. Two, they're all C's. Two is caring. And three is clean. Three things are going to happen to you. One, if you let the perfect law and liberty of God come into your heart and you want to know whether you're spiritual, whether you are living a true Christian life, three things are going to happen. One, you're going to have control. It says here, be quick to listen to the Word of God. But be slow, but be very slow to speak. You know what it's. You know what's going to happen to you. We ought to evaluate ourselves and make sure we're not being deceived. Your tongue is going to clear up. I just finished, and the last time I was here, I I, I brought some of this out. I've been enjoying the book of Proverbs. And. Um, The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about the tongue. A lot to say about it. I'll give you Tony's... um, uh, I don't know if you have this in the States, but we called it Cole's Notes. Do you know what that is? You probably don't. Cole's Notes were... When I was in high school, I never studied. I I majored in recess and gym. (laughs) I, I mean that. But um, I used to run out and get these Cole's notes. Now, Cole's notes were just little, you know, you took a subject and they sort of just broke it down and made it small. (laughs) In a small little maybe 10 or 15, 20 pages. I like that, okay? And, uh, but here's the Cole's notes version of uh, Proverbs. You know what a definition of a fool is? He doesn't listen. And his tongue is out of control. You see, that's what James is saying. 
Christian, you want to know if you're spiritual? Your tongue ought to be in control. You know, I memorized the verse a long time ago. That's, that's helped me. I wish I, I could say that, uh, that it's, it's never failed. You know, it's almost like I'm going to give you an infomercial now. You want to go out and get this product. You want to get this. It's in Psalm 141 and verse 3. You know what it says? Put a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Set a watch over my lips. Can you imagine having a device, Christian, that was sort of over this thing? And it would never let anything out that wasn't profitable, that wasn't true, that wasn't necessary, that never gossiped. You know, some people think they have the gift of uh, discouragement. I, do, you have, do you know people like that? I know people like that. They come running. They run up to you. Oh, you're putting on weight. <laughs> or I don't like that dress on you. Or whatever, right? But they think they have that gift, you see. God's given them a gift of discouragement. I can't read that in the Bible. Have you? I mean it. They have no control over their tongue. Folks, the Word of God, when we let it work in our lives, and we're not deceived, we're, we're, we're letting it change us, we're saying, oh God, put a guard over this thing. You see, the mouth, physically, okay, is attached to your esophagus. It's part of the digestive tract. When you start digesting, it starts right in your mouth. Your, your, your mouth's got lots of enzymes and, and it releases amylase and protease and lipase and all these things. They start breaking your food down in your mouth. It's a good idea to let it stay in there for a bit, by the way. Any doctor will tell you that. But spiritually, your mouth is connected to your heart. Physically to your esophagus, but it goes uh, approximately 18 inches uh, spiritually and it gets to your heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart will bring forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart will bring forth evil things. And here's what Jesus said, But I say unto you that every word that man speaketh, he will give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Now that's a scary thought for me, because i got a big mouth. A fool can't shut up. A fool doesn't listen. Well, he, he listens, or she listens. They listen to themselves. That's a definition, folks, of a fool. So when we're in control, the first thing that's going to happen when you're saved and you're truly saved is God is going to speak to you about your tongue. So let's not be deceived. Secondly, you're going to be in control because it says here, let every man uh, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to what? Third thing, this is a control thing. Slow to anger. Slow to anger. 
Now, my, my son-in-law was telling me uh, a, a story the other day uh, of something that happened at work. He's at City Hall in our hometown, and a guy was screaming. He's in the, in the, in the planning department, in the, in the building department at City Hall, and a guy had come in uh, to get a building permit and was screaming, so much so that they were going to call security. And my son-in-law just went out, and he, 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 he showed me what he did. He, he just peeped out. And it was somebody from the chapel that we go to. So angry, so upset, demanding. And uh, my son-in-law says, in case he saw me, he snuck back into his uh, cubicle at City Hall just so that people wouldn't think for one minute that he knew that guy and he associated with him. Folks, when the Word of God gets a hold of you, your temper is going to be under control. There's a lot of people that are angry and perhaps even in this room this morning. They're sithering in their hearts. They're upset. And I can tell you physically, because I test this every day in my office by a simple uh, test. I check people's cortisol levels. And cortisol is often a result, comes out of your adrenal glands, of people that are angry and stressed because of it. And the body, even physically, will show it. And I often ask people, what are you so upset about? Because it's showing up in your testing. And I don't know these people from Adam. Isn't it amazing? So the Bible says it'll get control of your tongue. It'll get control of your anger. And then thirdly, it says, uh, and for the sake of time, I want to go a little quicker here. It says... Uh, uh, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent. Uh, it, it, it's going to affect you, Christian, morally. Morally. You know what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 28? A person without self-control is like a city without walls. Now, you've got to understand that in the uh, biblical times, a wall to the city was very important, wasn't it? And it, it's saying that if you don't have control uh, morally, and how many Christians have been deceived in this area? How many Christians are into pornography? I talk to young men, and uh, I tell you, there are more young people, Christian young people today that are hooked on the internet. And it's, it's unreal. It, it, it's almost shocking to me, you know, being like my, dad, my, like my son says, Dad, you're, you're painful on the computer to watch. Because <laughs> young people know computers, not me so much. But you know what? I'm not immune to that. And I found this out. I'll tell you what. Take heed that he that thinketh he standeth, let's see Paul. And I'll tell you what, folks. Satan is using that 
Now, there's a lot of good things that you can get on the Internet. I, I don't tell you to throw your computer out of your house. But don't bury your parents. Listen to me. Don't bury your heads in the sand. Did you hear what I said? Do not bury your heads in the sand. Because I'll tell you, Satan will use that tool to get after your kids. But when the Word of God makes a change in your life, it will change you morally. You will want to be clean. It will change you morally. The Word of God will put you under control. Secondly, the Word of God, and we read about this in this passage, will make you a caring person. People, listen, don't care how much you know until you, they know how much you care. Did you hear me? A lot of Christians, you know what happens to us? We get saved and we're, we're, we're down on people. We want people to be like us. You, they, you want people to dress like you. You want people to talk like you. And you want people to act like you. A lot of Christians, they don't even know their neighbors because they don't want to know them. Well, folks, listen to me. God did not take us out of the world. He sent us into the world. And you know what? I think Jesus would shock us if he was here on this planet today because you know who he'd be hanging around with? Not with us. <laughs> well, of course he would. We're his children. But he would be with the riffraff. He'd be with your neighbors. He'd be with the people that, uh, that got a, a, a rotten mouth like I had. I tell you there were Christians that found out that I was interested in the things of God. They wouldn't come close to me. Not Tony Martin. How could that be? Blah, 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 blah. I lived in a small town. Can't be. Folks, don't judge people. You don't know what God is doing in their lives. Caring. That's the thing. Pure religion and undefiled is the people that care. i got a friend of mine who lives right next door to me. He goes to the chapel, and I love this guy dearly. He is a dear, sweet brother in the Lord. But he was trying to change professions a couple of years back. And um, he was telling me about this test that they give them, okay? Because he, he had to take sort of a, a personality test, you know? And... Uh, as far as, uh, you see, it was getting into um, uh, financing. And, um, you know, it was going to become uh, an estate planner and things like that. And this guy's very smart, could do it all. And they found that out, right? When he did the test, they said, man, you're at the top of the game. You're, you're, you're number one on the food chain. You only got one problem. You know what his problem was? He said, you don't like people. <laughs> well, the one, when he told me that, I just about, I fell over. I was laughing so hard. Because I could have told him that. He didn't have to take a test. You know? And listen, the guy in his own way, like I just love him dearly. Because he is, he is a, a godly man. But people grade him very easily. <laughs> you know? So they said, you can't do this because you don't like people. You know? That was the only thing that he... Of course, they didn't take him. Right? <laughs> he don't like people. I'm getting in the wrong business there. 
But folks, listen to me. God's not into things. God's into people. You can never go wrong investing your time and your resources in people. That's how you know if the Word of God's getting at you or not. Does it grieve you when you see people? You know what, folks? When I see the world like it is, it don't grieve me. You know, not, not really. I, the world's crazy. We're no different in Canada. We're crazy too. You know, I, I don't trust in politicians, do you? Because uh, I read the Bible. The Bible says they're going to get worse. They're going to get better. Don't spend your time, folks, trying to worry about who's going to get elected in your district. I'm not saying don't go and vote. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying don't worry about it. Worry about people. Have a look and who you're working with and who you're going to school with and who your neighbors are and pray that God will give you a chance to love them up. Caring. And we ought to care for one another. That changes, doesn't it? You know what? You might get to pick your friends, but you do not pick your family. You've got to love me. As my wife often does with me, like, meaning that I'm speaking to you. <laughs> Folks, we need to love each other. And you know what? Like Malcolm said, it's a good thing. Let's go out to the beach. I love the beach. You know, God gave me a built-in microphone right there. I do. I, I find that exciting to go to the beach, okay? Because I can use my voice. I love that. But you know what, folks? You know what, at the end of the day? You know what God said your biggest evangelistic tool will be? When we show love for each other. That's how you'll know that we are Christians, by our love for one another. You see, let's not deceive ourselves. Let's not be into deception, self-deception. And then finally, let me close with this. Three things are going to happen. You're going to be in control. You're going to care. Then you're going to be clean. We read about it. Last verse. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and window, uh, windows, uh, widows, in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. There it is. Here's what's going to happen. If you haven't been deceived, you will not be spotted by the world. What does that mean? The Bible talks about being conformed to the world. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, God did not take us out of the world, but understand, we do not belong here. In a sense that this is not our home. You know when the world gets into your life, folks? It'll spot you. It'll defile you. How do you know if you're worldly? You're more worried about things than you are about people. I'm in the health business. People today... I profit from it, so I shouldn't knock it so much. But I'll knock it in a sense of this. People today will spend any amount of money on their bodies. 
I'm not, of course, I'm in the, I make a living from that. But if that's your focus, and that's all you care about, that's being spotted and be defied by the world, defiled by the world. See, the world is into you. You are worldly when you are self-absorbed. You see, worldliness is more of a mindset. And one thing I know, that a worldly person will never turn this world upside down. The Bible says, love not the world or the things of the world. For the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and the lust of the eyes come not of our Father in heaven, but are of the world. And the world and its lust are passing away, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. James 4 and 4 says, you adulterers and you adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? And anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Folks, that's in the Bible. And it's easy, isn't it? It's easy to get caught up in this world, isn't it? But when we let the Word of God speak to us, and we're not deceived, we realize that we need to take uh, a bath (laughs) on a daily basis in the Word of God to get the defilement of this world off of us. You know another trait of the world? You'll talk like the world. I know people that know more about Hollywood than they do about their Bible. I know a lot of young people. You talk to them about any movie star and any movie that's ever been shown about the or every song, any song that's ever been sung by some of their favorite artists. Uh, they'll know more about that than they know about the Word of God. That's deceiving ourselves. That's worldliness, folks. And so you see what James is doing? You see what he's saying? He's saying, listen. Be uh, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Don't be just uh, hearers of the Word, though. Be doers of it. And that, folks, is when we will not be deceived. Let us pray. Father, we do thank you again, O oh God, for this time. I thank you for these precious folks, Lord, today. Father, you know every uh, person in this room. I'm, I'm always conscious, Father, of the fact that you're all-knowing. You know every, uh, not only every person in this room, you know every hurt in this room. You know, Father, um, our uh, cry to you even before we cry it. And I thank you, God, for your word. And, Father, I just want to have a fresh, fresh love for it. Uh, Father, because uh, it speaks to us of the author of this book, Lord Jesus. So, Father, thank you for it. And uh, pray today, Father, that if any of these uh, thoughts that I've had scattered or or, uh, otherwise, Father, might hit home, Father, might be used for your glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.